Cardinal rules and three nevers. <laughs> if you've been around uh, the Fitz group for longer than, say, three years, uh, you've heard me teach on this. Uh, the last time I taught on it was three years ago. Um, I, I track when I teach on things. And it's, it's funny, the three Cardinals and three nevers are something that sort of, um, um, it, it's a theme for my life. And, and I'll tell you, the, the, uh, the, the three Cardinal rules, I believe it is, uh, the, the first three I'm going to cover, my father taught me these three things. Uh, I didn't hear it. I've, I've heard it at conferences, and I've heard different speakers allude to these types of things. But, but I remember my father saying these three things. And son, if, if you can remember these three things, you'll get along with most people. <clears throat> You're not going to get sideways with a lot of people if you can keep these three things straight. And then the, the next three that I'm going to cover are actually three that I was taught uh, probably when I was 17 or 18 years old by a mentor back then. Uh, that continue to guide my life. And so uh, what I want to share with you today is just really ultimately six things that will guide you to just a, a better life. And certainly when you apply them to your business, it's going to be a better business. Uh, you're going to have uh, more and more people, whether they're clients or agents, are going to trust you and are going to want to follow you. And, and ultimately that, that means good things for everybody involved. So uh, I'm going to jump right into it and start off with the three cardinal rules. These are the three that my father shared with me. And uh, he said, son, you remember these three things? Life's going to be a lot easier. When you forget these three things, that's when you lose trust. That's when somebody no longer trusts you uh, and, and they're not going to want to be around you. And that could be, you know, that could be a boss. And this is my dad telling me this when I was, you know, single digits. Maybe, maybe I was 10 or 11 uh, when my father was sharing this with me. And uh, he said, maybe it's a boss. Maybe it's, it's somebody that you employ. Uh, maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's, maybe it's a, a friend. Uh, but if you forget these three things and, and you, you don't res, uh, respect them and, and you forget these three things, you're going to be sideways with the guy. So first thing my dad said was never mess with a man's ego. Now, man being the, the species, not the gender, right? You get the idea. Ne I mean, I, messing with a dog's ego is not, not what we're talking about here. We're talking about, we're talking about don't mess with another person's ego. And what does that look like, messing with somebody's ego? Well, I think um, embarrassing somebody, whether intentionally or unintentionally, is, is kind of messing with their ego. Now, ego has gotten kind of a bad rap, I think. And, and this is where I will put on my psychology major hat from 20 years ago, whatever that means. But, but <laughs> where I put on that hat, I go, ego's not, a, not necessarily a negative thing. Ego left unchecked can be a really negative thing. But, but everybody's got a, a sense of self-worth, a, a sense of self-pride, a sense of self-esteem um, that... Um, that we've got. Now, some of us were damaged as kids by our parents or by others uh, in the world, and, and maybe our ego has taken some dings over the years. But you know, this morning I walked into the den, uh, and uh, Heather was sitting in one of the chairs in our den, and I could not see my eight-year-old daughter sitting in, in the computer desk chair because she was kind of slumped down. I just couldn't see it. I walked in. I said, good morning, beautiful, talking to my wife because I think she's beautiful. And I said, good morning, beautiful. And behind the chair, I go, good morning, daddy. And I was like, see, like she's got a good ego. <laughs> she's, she's healthy. She's got that healthy self-esteem. She's amazingly self-assured. It's a joke we have in the office. I'm amazingly self-assured. But she's, she's, she's been given that. 
Uh, I don't want to hurt that. I don't want to mess with her ego. I don't want to embarrass her. I don't want to call her out in front of her friends. Um, you know, in this business, uh, on a, on a, on a video like this, or if we're doing a, a convention or something like that, if I, if I get in front of a crowd and, and talk crap about, uh, one of the leaders and maybe, and, and say it in a way that everybody knows who I'm talking about, but I don't necessarily say their name, like that's hurting that person's ego. And when you're attacking somebody's self-worth, when you're attacking that ego of them, whether again, whether it's intentional or unintentional, listen, you're getting sideways with that person. And, and it, it's really devastating if it's un- unintentional, but you know, if it's intentional, it's downright evil uh, because there's just no reason. Um, <clears throat> I, my, my friend Michelle always says, and I, I just heard her say this last week, that everybody has a cross their chest. Everybody has a cross their face. I remember a, a mentor of mine 20 plus years ago saying, everybody's got something written on them that says, make me feel special. Make me feel special. It's not that hard to do. And in, in our world today, so many of us are looking for the things that's wrong with somebody as opposed to the things that's right. And if we can figure out how to, how to come to a meeting of the minds on the things that we have in common rather than the things that we have in uncommon or, or in disagreement with one another, our world would be so much better if we could just continue to find that common ground. Not messing with somebody's ego is certainly a way of doing that. The second thing my dad told me was never mess with a man's money. Again, man being the species, not the gender. It's a non-gender specific term, man. Don't mess with somebody else's money. What do you mean? <clears throat> well, um, I'll give you an example. Uh, the, so on, um, on, on Saturday night, this past Saturday night, we, we went out to dinner uh, for my father-in-law's 80th birthday. He's like the youngest 80-year-old you'd ever meet. Uh, he looks like he's 60. Matter of fact, everybody thinks he's like 60, 65, but he is 80. And we went out to dinner to a nice restaurant that he'd never been to. We'd never taken our kids there because, well, they're kids. It's like a really nice restaurant. And 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 we uh, we went, right? And so we got there a little bit early. So we stopped uh, in the bar area while our table was getting ready. And at the bar area, we ordered the kids Shirley Temples, which is the Sprite and cherry mix, you know. And, and I actually pulled up on my phone. They had no idea who the real Shirley Temple was. So I showed them this is Shirley Temple. It's a, it's a drink that is, this is who the actress was, but it's a drink for kids. Not, it's not, it's not a guy alcohol in it. Heather had a glass of wine. I had a glass of wine. Heather's dad had like a martini or something. So uh, they come and get us and say, your table's ready. We get up and we go to our table. And I looked for our server in the bar area because I wanted to settle up there. I would not given him a credit card for a tab and I wanted to make sure that he got paid and he got his tip. This is not messing with somebody's money. So we get to the table and I asked the waiter, I said, hey, the guy in the bar, I, we never settled the tab there. I, I, you know, I want to pay him. He said, well, I can, I can have that transferred over to the table and that way you only have one bill or I can go get that bill, bring it here and then bring you a separate bill for the meal. I said, let's do two separate bills. And he said, I like this is, listen, I just said that because it's the right thing to do. Uh, that guy got us drinks and served us and, was, and, and, and joked with the kids. He, he was very personable, and, and I wanted to make sure that he was rewarded for that financially. It wasn't a big deal to me, but, but, and I didn't think it was going to be a big deal to the waiter, but the waiter said, I'm so glad you said that. He said, I'm so glad you said that because those guys over there work hard, and so many people just transferred over here to be convenient but I don't mind going and getting that bill to make sure that guy gets the money. I said, I appreciate that you said that. See, this is an example of don't mess with somebody's money. Don't mess with somebody's money. Now, the guy in the bar, I guarantee you every night gets stiffed on bills because they transferred over the table. And I'm sure he's being compensated and he's, he's showing up and he's getting paid. He's got a job. <clears throat> but you just don't mess with somebody's money. It's, it's really not complicated. From our business perspective, here's how that works. In the past, 
I have uh, gotten paid. Now, I'm, I'm just talking personal, transparent examples. I've gotten paid uh, an override on an agent, and the override was incorrect. I actually got paid more than I should have, and that meant the agent actually got paid less than they should have. You know what I do rather than squabbling over it? I just cut a check. I just cut a check. It's not like it's hundreds of thousands of dollars off. It's I've seen... I've seen managers ruin relationships with agents and ruin that trust with agents over a $20 difference, over a $100 difference, over even a $1,000 difference. And I go, listen, it may have cost you $1,000 now, but what did it cost you for the next 20 years of that agent being around because they trust you? So when it comes down to making it right with somebody's money, always err in their side. Well, fits what if it's head-to-head and it's like, you know, you're both trying to make it right for the other person. What do you do then? Uh, you just kind of agree to disagree. Like I, if I'm if I'm out to eat with a with a family and they grab the bill, I'm not going to make a big argument about it, getting a fight over who's paying the bill at the end of that meal. But I'm also not going to stand sit there and expect them to grab it. That's messing with their money, and that's not right. You know, another way of messing with a man's money is um, listen. I believe in in teaching in depth. I believe, I believe not just in making sure that that first person has the correct information, but I believe in making sure that these other people, to the best of my ability, have the correct information. So I, I talk about that. But when I'm down here, and some of you guys have experienced this, when I'm down here talking to an agent underneath you, I'm not talking crap about you. Why? Because what's the point? What does that do to talk crap about you? It breaks relationship here and breaks relationship here. And now where I had two trust tie downs, I now have none. Now this person down here says, well, if he's going to talk crap about that guy, he'll talk crap about me too. You ever sat around and heard people talking crap about other people? We've all been there, right? Did it ever cross your mind? I wonder what they say about me when I'm not around. It crosses mine. And, and it, it, it really, it does because somebody, when I was in, a teenager, mentioned that. Hey, if they're talking crap about those people when you're around, what if you're not around? Or are they talking crap about you? And it crossed my mind. I thought, I bet they are. <clears throat> that's me- in this business, that's messing with somebody's money. Number three, never mess with a man's wife. Or spouse, let's call it. Significant other. Don't do it. What, what do you, like, keep it in your pants, man. <laughs> and I'm not just talking about uh, fooling around with that person. But you know what? Like, if, if, the best compliment you can give a man, I'm, I'm speaking gender now, the best compliment you can give a man is one made in front of his wife or significant other. The best compliment you can give, so it's, it's one thing to say, Fitz, you're great, but it's another thing to say to Heather in front of me, Heather, your husband is great. That, that second one makes me feel so much more important. It makes me feel so much better don't don't in front of me tell my wife how lousy a loser I am that's messing with my wife you start changing my wife's thinking against me and start start creating a wedge between us and our marriage listen I'm just going to tell you and I know this is being recorded you and I are going to get sideways in a hurry and I know that to be true. I've seen it. How many stories have we heard? How many news articles have we heard of jilted lovers and the 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 the, the violence that comes from it just don't do it just don't mess with another man's wife don't you know like i I was it was funny um (laughs) 
this may be too transparent. I, I'm probably going to regret saying this, but I'm, you know, this is live on one hand. And on the other hand, I'm recording it and I can always edit this out. So my, my eight-year-old just started playing volleyball <clears throat> and another dad and I were talking about these crazy shorts that volleyball, women volleyball players wear. Men volleyball players don't wear those booty shorts. Women volleyball players do. And I think whoever invented that, it was, you know, some dude that didn't have a daughter. <laughs> and I said to the, other, to the other father, I said, isn't it funny how having a daughter totally changed my opinion about that? Like, I used to think, man, those shorts look good. Now I got a daughter. I'm like, uh-uh, those, that's somebody's daughter that's wearing those. I, oh, man, I hope that dad's not pissed right now. <laughs> don't mess with a man's wife. Don't mess with a man's daughter. Just don't mess with them. Just leave them alone. What is there to gain? When you're dealing with other people and you're creating and de dealing and developing relationships, doing these three things creates unnecessary breaks. They were, they were avoidable had you just lived by these three basic rules. All right, let's move on. Three nevers. Here's the three nevers. Never do something for the first time without checking with a mentor. <laughs> Never do something for the first time without checking with a mentor. You know, um, I say this and... In my life, I've had mentors, right? And I've had some come and I've had some go. Uh, and I've had some that have remained. Um, and uh, uh, something I used to do on a very regular basis on Thursday mornings, it was like uh, every other Thursday morning or maybe it was once a month. Or my, I think it was every Thursday we were doing it years ago. I say four or five years ago. Every Thursday, I was meeting with a group of men for breakfast. It wasn't like it was a Bible study or anything. These guys were, they, we, we all sort of belonged to the same group of churches. And so we had very similar religious beliefs. But at the same time, like I was, I was by far the youngest in the group by at least 15 years. Um, and some of them have had great success. Um, some of them have had uh, not great success. But um, just last week, we met back for breakfast. And it was the first time in, in, in a few years. And, and life has happened to some of us. Some of us, you know, there was a couple of us that get cancer and a couple of them, the house burned down. And like, it's just, life has just sort of happened. And, and this person's business folded. This person's business exploded and made them busier. And it's just, you know, life happened. And we weren't intentional about keeping that together. We met last Thursday and it was just the three of, three of us. There's usually about seven of us. There's only three of us last Thursday. And I walked away from there going, gosh, I've missed this. I have so missed and, and listen, the, the two that were there are not people I'm looking to for business advice. They, they've done well in life, and, and, and they're, they're, they're in their 60s, and they are sailing off into retirement. They've done well, but it's not who I'm going to for business advice. They didn't build a business. They've seen businesses built, but, but they are down the road when it comes to raising children, and they know the things that work and the things that don't, and they're starting to have grandkids now. And I'm looking, I'm talking to them looking in the future at, at future me and being able to have that conversation with present me and avoiding mistakes now because I have the benefit of their hindsight. That's why you don't do something for the first time without checking with a mentor. If you're trying something for the first time in your business, run it up the flagpole. Check with a couple of people. I mean, I, I've, I've had people come to me and say, I'm convinced this is what I need to do. That's not checking with your mentor. That's telling your mentor what you're going to do. That's not saying, do you think this is a good idea? But I've, my response has been several times. I want you to run, by, run that, that question by, by three people who are farther in life than you are and just ask them if it's a good idea. And if the, if the consensus is it's a good idea, okay. If the consensus is it's a bad idea, okay. Right? I think we as adults, it's our job to gather information and then make the best decision we can make and then live with it. 
But, but if you make decisions without gathering that information, <laughs> I was listening to uh, an interview with Adam Grant and Daniel, um, I'm going to say his last name wrong, but he wrote the book Thinking Fast and Slow. Some of us read that a few years ago. And, and this is a scientist, and he's like, man, what we have found is people's intuition is normally wrong. <laughs> They're like, well, that's, that contradicts some of what you wrote in your book. Yep, the book's old. <laughs> that's what Daniel... Kahneman, 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 I say his last name wrong, but it's Daniel. The book is Thinking, uh, Thinking Fast and Slow, and it was an interview with Adam Grant. And and it's just, your intuition's wrong. So a lot of people make decisions based on their intuition. I just based on my intuition, I think this and this and this. Okay, that's fine. I I believe in trusting your intuition, but I also believe in verifying it with outside sources outside of you. Checking with your mentor is one of those. Now, I, I, when I say mentor, I'm not saying me. I'm not saying the person that hired you in this business. I'm saying the person that you look to for leadership that's farther down the road in the thing that you're talking about or thinking about. I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're wanting a decision about what to do with your grandkids, I, I could give you some advice, but I don't have grandkids, so it's not firsthand advice. It's, it's observational advice, okay? Number two, never. Don't dump. Never dump negative downline or crossline. You know, next week on, in, our, in, in, in the, the quarterly event we got coming up, if you're watching this later, our Spring Forward's about to come up for, for this year, and uh, we've got some, some speakers that are going to be uh, sharing a little bit of their story and, uh, and the success that comes after it. And I said, you know what? Like when we, if you get up and all you do is talk about your struggle, you're just looking for compassion. You're just looking for, um, uh, to commiserate. You're, you're really just looking to complain and whine. And um, I don't get inspired by people complaining and whining. I get inspired by, inspired by people's victories. And so I need you to share the victory, right? Don't dump negative downline or crossline. It's not to say that you can't share negative situations with other people. There's a difference between that and dumping on people. Now, what John Maxwell says, and I love this quote, is uh, sharing your problems with other people, here's what you're going to find. 80% of the people just don't care. 80% of the people out there don't care about the, the problems you're going through right now. And, and, and jokingly, he says, the other 20% are actually glad it's happening to you. There's really no benefit to dumping your crap on people who can't do anything about it. And, and even if you're taking that negative situation to a mentor that can do something about it, there is a way of framing it so that it's not dumping, but in fact, it's just, it's instead sharing a situation that's happening and looking for a solution as opposed to dumping, which is just, I just want to tell you all my problems and then walking away. Oh, I feel better. Yeah, but you made them feel worse. Now they got to carry their burdens and yours. You weren't looking for solutions. You were just looking to bitch. And that's not good for anybody. Nobody wins there. Number three, never. <laughs> Never embarrass your mentor or, or someone with a bigger business than you. And bigger business is kind of a, a, a vague sort of thing there. Like, never, <laughs> never embarrass the person that's helping you. Never embarrass somebody who's doing better than you at that thing that you're trying to do, whether it's building this business or, or uh, raising a family or, you know, running for Senate. I don't know. But... Just, just never embarrass them. Why? Because you're looking for help from these people. You're looking for help from them. And if you're embarrassing them, do you think
think that creates in them more desire to help you or less desire? It's not a trick question. You, I'm really hard to embarrass, actually. I'm, I'm, I don't take that as a challenge. But I am actually pretty hard to embarrass. I just don't get embarrassed because I don't take myself that seriously. But, but I do recognize when people try to embarrass me, whether it's unintentional or intentional, when they, when they, when they have attempted to embarrass like I do recognize that, and it doesn't provide and, and increase those warm fuzzies inside that go, man, I just want to help that guy. Uh, I mean, for a minute there, I hope the guy trips and falls on his face. To be honest, I'm human. So are you. So it's important to remember, don't, don't embarrass somebody who's trying to help you. If nothing else, it's just not good people skills. <laughs> it's just not going to get you where you want to go. And, and, and that's at the... At, the worst case scenario, the best case scenario is you may lose a friend over that. You may lose somebody that you truly cherish that relationship because you embarrassed them. How could I embarrass you, Fitz? Uh, I mean, I, I can't think of any really good examples right now, but I'll let you know if it happens. <laughs> How about that? Um, I, I think that if you um, if you got up and, and started, you know, maybe trying to tell secrets about me and my life that may or may not even be true, like that, that could potentially embarrass me. Um, I think that like I, I have always believed the best way I can edify, to me that would be the opposite of embarrass. The best way I can edify those who are leading me is by growing. That's the best way I can edify those who are leading me is by growing. I, those who are leading me in my marriage, I, I can improve my marriage. Those who are leading me in raising my kids, I can, I can get better at being a dad. Those who are leading me in business, I can grow my business and, and find other leaders and help them grow their business. That's what I can do to edify. Embarrassing those people would be doing, those op- would be doing the opposite of that. If somebody's leading me and, in marriage and my marriage continues to get worse and worse and worse, that's an, that's an embarrassment to the person that's trying to help me because I'm not actually trying to implement the things they're suggesting. I'm going continue to, continuing to go on my own understanding as opposed to using some of their hindsight. Is that making sense? I hope that helps. Um, three cardinal rules and three nevers. Really good themes to kind of have running through your life and good things to keep in mind. Um, there's really never anything wrong with doing the right thing. You know, there may be better things you can do, but the right thing is never wrong. And uh, I just wish more people would live like that. I wish more people had empathy. That's a, that's a word that's a buzzword these days. It seems like we're lacking it as a company. Uh, I, I mean, not lacking as, as, as a country is what I meant to say, but we're, we're lacking it a bit in our company as well. We could always increase our empathy. We could always care more for others. And, and I think when you do care more for others, it's not that you care less about yourself. It's like we teach our kids, our kids, like just because I'm complimenting your brother doesn't mean I'm tearing you down. I'm complimenting the thing he just did. I'm not bringing you down. It's, it's not, it doesn't work like that. Because you care about somebody else doesn't mean you care about yourself less. And in fact, it means you care about yourself more when you care more for other people because that's going to improve your life too. Just that simple. Hope that helps. Can I help you? Sure would like to. If you're an agent with us, please go to timewithfits.com. That's timewithfitz.com to schedule a time when I can help you directly. Just pick a topic, pick a time, and we'll meet. If you're not an agent with The Fitz Group, I encourage you to go to thefitzgroup.org slash contact. Again, that's thefitzgroup.org slash contact and send us a message. See you next week.